Business, lifestyle, social media, powerful woman. Do any of these words interest you? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Behind the Girl Boss podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is the place where you can learn about powerful business women who are thriving in whatever they do. Get your notebooks ready and let's get learning. Hello, everyone. What's up? Welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. So let's just jump right into it. I am on the verge of a mental breakdown. I am not even exaggerating when I say this. I am, I like, you know that feeling when you know like you're working out, like working see I can't even speak guys you know that feeling when you know you're overworking and you're burnt out and you're about to like hit rock bottom like that's where I feel like I'm at I've been working so much at work that it's become not even part-time anymore it's been more than part-time I've been doing so much freelance work I've been doing so much for my youtube my two podcasts like I need to chill which is great because in a little over two weeks I'm going to have a whole week off I'm going to be in Toronto I'm so excited um, I'm going to see maybe some family, maybe a friend or two from YouTube and just chill with my with my parents, my brother. And I mean, Toronto's not really far from Montreal. It's not like a whole vacation, but I mean, it's still not going to be in Montreal. I'm not going to be recording episodes for my podcast. I'm not going to be doing anything. I might be vlogging. Honestly, I probably will be vlogging, but I won't be editing it until like I get home. Like it's going to be like a chill, fun time, relaxing, vlogging a little bit, taking some pictures for Instagram, like the fun things, like nothing to do with like my part-time job, nothing to do with freelance. Like I'm going to be chilling and I'm excited for that. I'm really looking forward to it. But at this moment, when I'm recording this, I am stressed. I am having a time. I am, yeah, I'm having a time. I just need to like remind myself that I need to take breaks. I need to pace myself and I need to remember that I can say no, I can say no to some things. And yeah, so I'm just like reminding myself that every single day. But we're going to start off this episode, of course, with a mantra of the day. So I'm going to pick one right now. Mantra of the day is I welcome positive and healthy energy with open arms. I love this because I feel like I always am pushing away energy and I'm always attracting negative energy into my life. And I feel like sometimes we just we just got to push everything to the side and we have to let in all the positive energy, let in the good vibes, let in all the good stuff. Sometimes we let in too many negative things and I think we just need to push that to the side and like figure it out. So yeah, that is the mantra of the day. And today's episodes are really, really fun one. So I have my friend Brooke Christina on the podcast. We're going to be talking about Instagram. Instagram is a platform that Brooke has been using for quite some time. We're going to talk all about her aesthetic, how she posts basically two to three times a week, how she takes pictures by herself solo without anyone with a tripod, and how she's gotten some pretty big brand deals with having under 2,000 followers on Instagram. So it's a really fun episode. I learned a lot of things. I'm sure you can learn a lot of things. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have my friend Brooke here who's calling in. So I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like on the radio they have like call-ins. So it's going to sound a little bit like that, but that's fine. I'm excited. Um, So hi Brooke, do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Hi guys, so I'm Brooke. I go by Brooke Christina on social media. You can find my Instagram at Brooke Christina with two eyes at the end. Um, I'm a 24, almost 25-year-old blogger or creator based out of Toronto, Canada. I'm a marketing coordinator by day and a content creator basically whenever I can fit it in. Um, I love dogs. If you have a dog and you walk by me, I will say hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm really bad at talking about myself like explaining who I am so hopefully from this episode you'll kind of get a gist of who I am and 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So before we kind of jump into today's episode, I like to do a little hot tea segment to kind of just like break the ice and get everyone speaking and hopefully that'll like just help everyone. Um, so my first question is, what is your go-to Starbucks order? Okay, so I'm not a coffee person at all. I don't know. I just, I can't do it. I really want to try, but my go-to is definitely the refreshers. I think they're so good. The mango dragon fruit refresher is my favorite thing ever. It's like the perfect combo of sweet, but then it gives you that refreshment and I don't know. It's just, it's awesome. I also really like the very, very hibiscus one. Basically all the refreshers. I'm not a coffee person, so the refreshers are very, very good for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a very big coffee person, yeah. um, but I've had, we know, we know. yes, but I've had like one of the Starbucks refreshers. I've had the, um, it's like a passion tea lemonade. That's the only one I've ever tried. Um, I have to get that next time. You've never had it? I don't think so. It's really good. Yeah, you should try that. Um, that's the only refresher I've ever had. Actually, no, I'm lying. I had the pink drink once. See, I really don't like that one. That one has like... It's really sweet. Tr- yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I tried it once and I was so excited because it's so aesthetically, like, pretty. Mm-hmm. But first sip, I was like, oh, God, what did I just order? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's good if you have a sweet tooth, but it's, like, really, really sweet. Um, So the next question is, where is your dream travel destination? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> As of right now, I feel like anywhere other than Ontario because it's <laughs> freaking pandemic. I don't know. Um, I feel like I haven't done enough research of places yeah have like something at the top of my head but maybe like Greece I I really like places that are pretty and have a beach and whatnot but also kind of have that like historical factor Mm -hmm. to it so I don't know maybe Greece I was actually supposed to go to San Francisco last year for my anniversary with my boyfriend but obviously that got canceled from the pandemic so that's become like the top of my bucket list right now yes (laughs) um yeah, I definitely, I think those two. I've been to, like, Mexico and Florida a bunch of times, so I feel like I just want to explore more in the world and kind of learn about, like, the history behind certain places, too. Yeah, there's, like, so many places you can go. Like, um, are you guys replanning to go to San Francisco? I mean, eventually, yeah. Like, right now, we are planning on going to Florida next year with his family. Okay. Um, But in terms of San Francisco, like, he still really wants to go. I still really want to go, so we'll make it happen whenever it's safe. Yes, love San Francisco I've been twice and I'm sure you're gonna love it oh my god okay I'll definitely text you when (laughs) yes I have recommendations (laughs) um and the last hot seat segment question is what is a tv show you can rewatch over and over and never get tired of I feel like my go-to is friends and I feel like people are gonna be like no because I've heard very mixed emotions but yeah I don't know. Other than that, like, I I really like the bad reality television. Like, I just finished um, season two of Too Hot to Handle last night. (laughs) And it's, like, it's not a good show at all. But there's just something about it that pulls me in, and I like watching it. Um, Also, like, the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, Love Bad, um, Love Island, just all the, like, really crappy reality television that's, like, my cup of tea. Also, actually, maybe the Kardashians. Like, I find myself constantly watching the little highlight videos on Instagram. Same. Like, I don't actually watch the episodes. I just watch it through Instagram. That's how I keep up. So, yeah, probably that or Friends. Honestly, I've never – I've watched, like, some of the Kardashians. But the episodes are, like, I can't watch it all, so I do the same thing. I, like, either on TikTok, too. Like, I'm scrolling. (laughs) 
And then like I get into this like whole like Kardashian world, but those are very good choices. <laughs> so I split the podcast into sections. So we're going to start off by talking about your Instagram, um, like shooting content solo, getting brand deals, and then living in Canada. So my first question for you is when did you first start posting on Instagram as a quote unquote unquote blogger um, rather than just like for personal use? Um, so I always kind of had my Instagram alongside my YouTube. I don't, I haven't posted on my YouTube for like a year now, but you know, just it's nice. It's another nice way to connect with your following Mm -hmm. your Instagram when you have a YouTube. I mean, you know that because you have YouTube, but, um, (laughs) I, I, I was just kind of posting like here and there. So I got serious about it actually in September of 2020. So I was just talking to a friend and she was kind of getting serious about Instagram and she just told me like how easy it is just to get pictures here and there because I always had this idea of like you need a friend or somebody to take your pictures for you and I didn't have that so that's why I never really took pictures but she said that you know anywhere she's like in a cute location or if she's with her boyfriend or just something she'll just snap a little picture and there you go you have a post so I kind of saw like how easy it is to do and then I think just I saw a ton of videos on TikTok seeing how girls kind of do it by themselves and I was like well I have all this free time now that I work from home and can't really go anywhere because we're in lockdown so why don't I just buy a tripod I'll go take some pictures and you know see how it goes so yeah September 2020 is when I really started and I kind of created like a creator schedule Mm -hmm. content creation schedule um where I upload three pictures a week and I've kept to that since September I did take a little break um I think it was in May but I'm back fully now and I feel like my content is proving a lot more which like I'm just very proud of my content but I'm trying to get like on the reels side Mm -hmm. like the video side of Instagram because I think that's really important too so that's a very long-winded answer (laughs) but September 2020 is when I started getting serious about it. Awesome. So talking about reels, I see like, well, I've seen that you have some reels on your page. Um, So when you started like incorporating reels onto like your Instagram, did you like see an increase in following or engagement? Because I personally know two people who blew up, well, blew up. They got like thousands and thousands of followers from like their reels basically. So have you like seen like an increase yet? I've seen an increase in the engagement. Um, not necessarily my following count, but it's, it's kind of weird. Like people find my account and they'll, they'll like my stuff and comment and, you know, really engage with my stuff, but they don't drop a follow. So it's right now for me, it's kind of that gray area. Like maybe it's because I haven't really had any of my reels pop off. I think Mm -hmm. the most I have is like 5,000 views on a video, which is great. But the only thing that came out of that was just like a lot of comments yeah on the vi- on the reels so not like I haven't had any magical growth growth you know mm-hmm. that makes sense so when you're posting like on your regular fe- feed like your pictures and stuff um do you prefer to have like an aesthetic and like kind of like a planned feed with like a preset or do you like kind of prefer to go with the flow so I certainly have presets I've actually bought um presets from my friend, um, Sincerely Julia Presets. You guys can search her up on Instagram. Um, She has, like, so many cool different presets, and kind of my vibe right now is the more natural 
pictures, like, you know, you just fix the shadows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly have a plan. I think I'm a Virgo. So like that explains a lot <laughs> about me. I'm very particular about my things. So I can't just go with the flow and upload here and there. Because if I looked at my feed, I think I would just go a little crazy. So I do have a feed planner. Um, and it also makes me crazy because there are just times you just you can't get it and it's like why I have all these beautiful pictures but you know sometimes it just takes that like perfect filler picture and it all comes together yeah 100 like sometimes I look at my like I don't know like for you when you post pictures do you have like a kind of like way you do it because like for me I do like one picture with my face and like one kind of flatly and I go back and forth and like that works the best for me because I felt like when I would post my face twice I hated it and it drove me insane maybe it was because just like how I was posing or like what the picture looked like but for yourself like how do you kind of plan that? Like what picture comes before or after another? Um, I feel like for me, it's kind of like I go back and forth with, especially now that it's summer, like pictures that have more green in it. And then I'll kind of, the next picture will be something maybe more indoors or just like not so much greenery. That way it kind of, it's like a color map in a way. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I I guess that's it. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Like, I don't know. Like, some people have, like, I don't know. Like, some people's their feeds, like, I just look at them and I'm like, how does it look like this? Like, well, how do you do that? And then I look at mine and I'm like, oh, I hate everything. But I feel like we're, like, our worst critics and, like, someone might go on your page or, like, my page and be like, like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. But then when we look at our own content, sometimes we're like, this is trash. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, there's been so many times that I've gotten a picture and in that moment I'm like okay this is the shot we're good we got the shot we're done with the shoot and then like for me personally usually my content's like two weeks out kind of thing so I'll take it and then I won't post it until two weeks Mm -hmm. just because I really like to plan it and make sure that like I'm very satisfied I actually plan it but um oh my god I just lost my train of thought So then when it comes time to actually posting that picture, I'm like, I'm just so over this picture. Like, I've seen it in my feed planner for so long at this point. It's not even that great, da-da-da. But then, again, like you say, like, we are our worst critics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, just maybe having, like, a creator friend or something that you can be like, hey, like, be honest with me. Is this picture good or is it trash? Like, my, I have a friend named Michaela. She lives in Kingston. And I always am like, hey, like... Can you help me? Do you think this picture is like post worthy or should I just scrap it or maybe like try to pose again or something? And like, she's literally my hype girl. So she helps me a lot with that kind of stuff. We love that. Yeah, I do that too. Like sometimes I'm like staring at a picture for too long. I'm like, okay, is this like even a nice picture anymore? Or like, did my mind just play games on me? And I always like, sometimes I just need, you just need like a friend to be like, yeah, it's good. And then you're like, fine. Exactly. Well, it's hard too when, you know, I feel like there's so many content creators on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you kind of see like similar poses and you're like, well, their picture looks better than mine. Like, should I not even bother uploading mine? So it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's not great. (laughs) No, I I feel you. So when you're taking your pictures, um, what do you take them with? And how do like, what do you edit them with? You kind of like spoke that you have a preset, but like, where do you put the preset or like, where do you use like... I'm so like, I don't know what I'm saying. What apps do you use to edit? So I, I just have a, a tripod from Amazon, actually. It was like $40. So if you want to shoot content by yourself, that is the number one thing and probably the only thing you really need to shoot your pictures. Um, I think mine is like a 53 
inch or something. Like, it's pretty tall. It's it's taller than me, and I'm five foot four. So, and then as for after I've gotten the picture, I use Lightroom. So that's where I um, use my presets and stuff. Honestly, Lightroom is so user friendly, and I feel like it's kind of the best editor out there. I've found maybe people would disagree, but it always works great for me. And yeah, and then I also have another tool. Uh, sorry, another app called Airbrush. This one's just, you know, like if you have lint on your clothes or something or like a pimple you want to get rid of, I kind of use that. Sometimes I also use um, that app for like, there are times where I'll edit the shadows and because my hair is so dark, my hair kind of turns like a gray color. It's really weird. So I'll use Airbrush um, and the skin tone little Mm -hmm. applicator thing. Um, with the darkest shade, and I'll just lightly go over my hair. Essentially, it's like um, Facetune, because I know you can do that with the coloring in Facetune, but it's just, I don't know, different. I, I like airbrush. Um, so yeah, I'll, like, fix up my hair and whatever. But, yeah, I, I really try to not edit my pictures too, too much because I'm just over that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think being kind of real and raw is the new ick thing, you know? And I'm all about that because... Obviously, with social media, it's so easy to just be down and hard on yourself. And I don't think anybody should be because everyone's beautiful in their own way. And now I'm just getting really sappy. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. So kind of like going off about like you like taking pictures by yourself and things. My big question to you is how do you like deal with the fear of people looking at you shoot? Because I've tried to do like pictures by myself because like, like you said, like people aren't always free and like. Sometimes you don't have that friend that, like, needs to take pictures, too. Um, so how do you, like, deal with that? Because I'm always, like, scared someone's looking at me. Even though, like, if they look at me, like, I shouldn't care. But how do you deal with that? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely something I'm still working on. Every single time I go to shoot by myself, I, I feel like I have, like, a mini panic attack in my car. Like, I'll get to the location. I'll just sit in my car. And I'm, like, I have to, like, hype myself up to get out of the car and actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I I feel like, you know, just having some sort of protection on you or just, you know, calling a friend, your boyfriend, if you live near or with your parents, just letting them know where you are is also huge. Um, Have them on speed dial. But again, like if you need some sort of protection, um, I know like pepper spray and stuff isn't necessarily legal here, but just something little that'll make you feel just more protected is certainly huge especially in the world we live in today you know just shooting in familiar areas um also areas and I know it kind of sucks because you don't want people in your pictures but not areas that are completely deserted and you're the only person there you know having other people around is you're so much less likely for something to happen but I think the main thing is for me is like just think about how much content you'll have after you're done the shoot. I know it's so hard to focus and shoot when people are staring at you because obviously it's uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, like, are you ever going to see these people again in your life? Like, let them wonder. Do your thing. Strut your stuff. If they want to ask, I mean, I certainly had, I actually had an elderly couple come up to me and they're like, oh, like, are you a model? I'm like, (laughs) yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, But again, like, you know, with the older generation, they don't really understand I'm not going to explain you (laughs) um but yeah just knowing that you're not going to see these people again and knowing that you'll get content which is you know what you went out there for um I feel like that's 
something that I'm constantly reminding myself in my head, and, and it, it seems to work. There's certainly days where I'll go out and I'll take pictures, and it, it just doesn't work out. And I feel like it's also really important to remind yourself, like, okay, it didn't work. That's okay. We're going to try again, you know, whenever you can, and hopefully get the shot then. Some things just genuinely don't work. I tried to do a shot recently, and, like, oh, my God, it was just the biggest fail to do by myself. So I actually asked my mom to help me, which is so cute. She's, like, trying so hard to be, like, an IG mom and just help me out and, like, know my angles, know my poses and stuff. Love that. But, yeah, shooting alone, like, it certainly has its ups and downs, and I feel like you just need to be really patient with yourself and kind of give yourself that you know, reassurance that if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, for sure. So when you're like planning your shoots, like outfit wise and location wise, how do you like go about um, like figure out how, like what outfit you want and like where you want to shoot that specific look? So sometimes I'll have like a new piece that I've added to my closet or, you know, if a brand sends me something and like I just have such a creative mind that I feel like I'll see a piece and I'll just kind of get this vision of like the location I want, whether I'm standing in the middle of a field or like walking up a staircase or something like that. I feel like that's not the best answer, but just like what I find is wearing an outfit that's kind of like appropriate for that space. Like mm-hmm. if I was wearing a more streetwear outfit in like the middle of a farm field, I feel like that the two aesthetics might clash they might not I mean maybe that's like gonna be the new thing um but yeah I'm I'm very like aesthetic oriented which sounds really bad but I guess I don't know I just kind of get like a vibe from an outfit and Mm -hmm. I mean there's definitely times where I know a specific location I want to shoot in and it's like god what the heck am I gonna wear but I mean I also have a ton of clothes (laughs) which is really bad um, so yeah. So like being a micro influencer and if someone doesn't know what a micro influencer is, it's basically I think it's people like under fifty K, but apparently it's a hundred K. But I consider people with fifty K like a big creator, but that's just my opinion. But being a micro <laughs> Yeah, it's just like I feel like if I had like ten K I would feel like a big person. Like Oh absolutely. <laughs> um but yeah, being a micro influencer, people like tend to think it's impossible to get brand deals. But you've worked with companies like H&M, Spring, Shop Just Cozy. Um, how did you go about working with them? Yeah, so for Shop Just Cozy, they actually reached out to me, which I thought was really cool because I think that was the first brand I'd ever worked with that I've like seen in a mall. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all these huge brands that are in malls. And I'm, you know, just always, again, because I'm a micro creator, I think like, oh, I can never work with them. But as you can see, I've done collabs with Call It Spring and H&M, which are huge um, retailers in malls which is really cool so yeah shop just cozy um they reached out to me through email i believe or instagram i can't remember because we've kind of had this relationship for a couple years now but for call it spring and h&m i actually reached out to them so the way i went about it is just finding their like pr email and that's a huge thing like you can't wait around for these brands to come to you because it's really harsh to say but to them you're they don't know you you're kind of a nobody um, so finding their email or even I've heard people going on LinkedIn and, you know, finding other people that are kind of connected to the brand and maybe finding an email through that. Um, definitely don't use Instagram DMs because your DM will get lost. So definitely find the email. Um, and then just kind of like pitching yourself, um, let them know 
who you are, kind of like where you're from. Like for me, I always say I'm a Toronto based creator. Um, let them know, you know, that you love their brand and you think, you know, it would be great to collab together. Um, let them know what you can provide for them. And, you know, sometimes though they won't respond, sometimes they will. Look at me. I only have 1300, not even 1300 followers actually. And I've secured a collab with Call It Spring and H&M. So really just putting yourself out there because there, there are times where us micro creators, we can create such better quality content for these brands than the people with 50k followers 100k 200k a million you know what I mean yeah and I I feel like brands nowadays are very some I'm not gonna say all but some are very like woke in a sense where you know following doesn't necessarily like they don't look at your following and just oh she only has 1200 followers we're not going to work with her they'll they'll look at your quality um of content and they'll go from there i think another big thing and i don't know 100 percent if this works but it's great to have on hand is a media kit so there will be some brands that will ask you for a media kit and basically for those of you that don't know what that is um it's basically just a rundown of like you your demographic other brands you've worked with analytics just stuff like that so you know, the brand doesn't have to go searching for all this information. They just kind of have it in this little compact uh, document. And, you know, some brands don't ask for that. But again, it's just great to have on hand because that could make or break um, you working with that brand. Yeah, for sure. So without like saying your rates, um, how did you kind of like figure out how to like charge? Because that's like was something that literally I just went on a whim and like just gave a number because no one talks about like it enough. So like, how did you kind of like go about figuring out what rate you should um, charge for certain things? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of resources out there that you can kind of gauge where you would fall under in terms of rates. Um, again, yeah, it's definitely something that's not talked about enough, but also if you, like, if, if you're comfortable, like if you have another creator friend that you can kind of go back and forth with, um, in terms of rates, like asking, you know, what they charge and whatnot. It's weird because there there's websites out there and they'll tell you, oh, charge X amount. But then you'll have other creators be like, whoa, like you're way undercharging. And sometimes they'll say, like brands will say, oh, like that's too much. So I feel like maybe, I don't know. Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's, hmm. Like for myself, like exactly. Like I was telling one of my friends who has like, 20k um followers on youtube like how much i was charging for something and she was like amanda like you are charging way too low and i was like i thought i was charging high i don't know like i feel like there's like a stigma around asking for money and it's just like sometimes in the back of my head i'm like okay like don't ask for too much because then they're gonna think like you're greedy or something when like that's not the case but it's just like so hard to like know what like the sweet spot is to like ask for. And some brands, like I think it also depends which brand is reaching out to you. Because if you like know the brand is big and they have money, like I would shoot a little higher because usually they might negotiate and then you'll get like more than like you usually do. But I don't know. It's like it's really difficult. Right. And that's the thing. Like you kind of want to shoot high because if there is that negotiate negotiation then you don't want them to you know offer something that's low mm -hmm. um 
but negotiating, like, don't be afraid to negotiate because, you know, like, you're offering so much, and that's another thing. Like, you don't want to take all of your collaborations as gifted opportunities because I know for myself, um, but also other creators, just how much work they put out there and, you know, how much work it is for all of us. So you want to get compensated for that. And I think for me personally, like, there are times where gifted opportunities are obviously, like, a good opportunity um, because later you can build that connection and get more, I guess, sponsored or get paid later on. I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I understand what you mean. I feel like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, you charge what you, like, remember, yeah, so, like, what you were saying about, like, we work so hard and stuff. So, like, if you know your worth, then, like, charge your worth, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So the last like kind of question on this topic is what's your biggest advice to someone who's like on the micro influencer side and kind of looking to start working with brands, but they like don't know how to jumpstart it? I think this goes back to knowing your worth. I think that's good. Like knowing your worth because a lot of people like undervalue themselves or like I feel like some people have like this stigma around like a content creator and like think that like you literally put on a shirt and you go in your backyard and you take a picture, then it's done. But like There's so much work, planning, and energy that goes into, like, creating every piece of content. So, yeah, I like what you were saying, like, with the knowing your worth. Because I think, like, a lot of people don't know their worth or, like, they think that they're not worth enough. Right. So, the last part – well, actually, it's not the last part. The last part that I made questions for um, is about, like, living in Canada. A question I like to ask a lot of Canadian creators because I feel like there's so much more, like, U.S. creators is – do you like believe being a Canadian creator kind of impacts your growth, whether it be negatively or positively? Um, I I certainly have a lot of Canadian followers. I feel like mine, like if you look at my demographic and stuff, I think the majority of my followers are from the U.S. But then when I look at the amount of people, like the, I guess, demographic of people that really engage with me, a lot of the times it is Canadian. Um. I've met so many Canadian creators throughout the process of just, you know, being more serious about my Instagram. And, and I think it's nice because, you know, we all kind of live like, oh God, what do I want to say here? I mean, we do. Yeah, we do like all live in Canada. And I feel like, I feel like, yeah, exactly. Cause I feel like people in the States, like it's just, it's like so similar yet so different. If it makes that make sense. I don't know. Right. No, it's true because there's even times where like, you know, certain American um, influencers or bloggers, creators, they're talking about, you know, a specific maybe event that's going on or like even something as little as talking about a product that maybe we don't have in Canada. It's like, I can't really make that connection with you because we don't have that here versus in Canada it's like you have like if you're following other Canadians you kind of have that I don't know connection I don't don't know (laughs) yeah no like I feel like especially for college content so like I do college like YouTube content and when I watched U.S. creators versus, like, my own content, I'm like, yo, our college or, like, university experience is not the same. Like, it's so right. different. So I feel like I feel like for, like, college creators, the, like, the U.S. people do a lot better just because, like, their university lifestyle is more like the movies than, like, Canadian ones. Maybe that's just my experience. But I feel like there's certain like things that like US creators it's easier for them to grow for certain things and then for Canadian ones easier for us to grow but yeah that's just how I feel about that no it's 
true because there's even you know like within you know america it's so much easier to travel to certain places just because america is so like broken up in that Mm -hmm. way versus like canada it's like we have toronto we have i don't know bc like i i know there's a lot more in canada that you can go to but in God, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, like, when I tell people I'm from Montreal, they're like, where? And then, like, I'm like, oh, it's next to Toronto, like, six hours away. They're like, oh, okay. But, like, for the States, like, there's so many places that everyone knows, like, New York, L.A., um, Boston. Like, there's so many places that, like, Canadians can name off their head when they talk about the States. But when it's, like, the other side and, like, you talk to someone from the States about Canada, like, the only places they really know is, like you said, Toronto, Vancouver. Some people know Montreal, but it's really freaking rare. So I don't know. I, yeah, that, yeah. So say if you were able to like pick up and move anywhere in the world tomorrow, doesn't matter where, doesn't matter about money or anything, where would you pick to live? Oh my God. I mean, this sounds like a dream. <laughs> uh, hmm, I don't know. First thing that comes to my head is somewhere tropical. Like I'm such a sun baby. Like whenever it's a bright, beautiful day, kind of like today. I mean, I know you guys can't see the weather today, but um, it's, you know, just bright blue skies. The sun is shining. So I feel like I thrive the best when it's, when I'm in a hot climate, the sun is shining. Um, I, the water, the beach, whatever, I don't know. There's just, I mean, there's so many places that I haven't even researched about or explored or anything in the world that maybe my answer would change then. But I think for now, definitely somewhere tropical. Um, It's just, it's very different from the vibe I'm in right now. I mean, I'm in a city. um, The water here isn't great. (laughs) Like, you can't really swim in it. Um, yeah, I just feel like my life would be completely different and I could be like a little island goddess. That would be fun. <laughs> yes, we love that. So you must not be thriving during our winters. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I don't know. You know, it's funny because you don't realize, I guess, how bad it is till you're out of it. But yeah. I tolerate winter. I don't, you know, the first like snowfall, I get excited. I'm like, woo. Um, but when it starts to get chilly, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Um, I mean, the past couple winters here have been a little mild, in my opinion, at least in the city it has been. But I don't, I really don't want it to get any worse. <laughs> Honestly, me either. And like Montreal, because like my boyfriend um, is from originally like Toronto and he moved to Montreal and our winters are apparently 10 times worse. And like, yeah, like I'm just like, I freaking hate winter. Like, like you, like I like the first snowfall. I like if it snows on Christmas, but like other than that, like I don't want it. Well, and that's the thing, like people who don't live here, you know, they, they think of Canadian winters as this big, beautiful thing. And let's like, let's go rent a cabin and it's so magical. And there's not, no, no, no. especially the slush. Like when there's slush, I like, I can't, I don't want to go outside. And like, that's the thing. You know, I feel like winter here is like November. It depends. I mean, November last year, there was a day I was outside in shorts and a tank top because yes. it was like 20 something degrees. Like, it's just weird. But I like, I don't really know when our winter kind of starts. It's different every year. But I like snow around Christmas. It kind of adds like that magical factor. And then in January, I'm like, okay, springtime now. Let's go. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> Um, but honestly, like January to, I don't know, 
whenever Mother Nature decides to give us some sort of nice weather, could be March, could be April, could be May, like, I just, it drags on, and it gets really freaking sad, because you just, you're just ready for the next thing, and again, Mother Nature's like, sorry, can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that 100%. So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions, so I picked two of my favorite ones. So the first one is, who are some of your favorite Instagram bloggers? Okay, number one, definitely you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Like, no, seriously, you have turned around your content so much and, like, the aesthetic of everything and just your locations and, like, your outfits and everything. Thank you. It's so nice. So, you for sure. I'm really bad with Instagram handles. Like, I follow so many girls that I love that I've found in, like, the past, I don't know, few months, but I really don't know their (laughs) account names. Um, I love it, Alexa Jean Brown. I don't know if you know her. No. But she's married and has four kids. And I think they're somewhere in Houston. But, like, I just, they're family. They're so, like, they're very real and raw about, like, marriage and family and all of that type of stuff. And that's something that I really want and want to be successful later in my life. So I just, I love them. And, like, all of their stuff is always really, like, positive and happy but they also keep it real um oh there's another girl that i love her content and i use her for inspo all the time her name is like fashionably oh i can't think of it can i search it real quick yeah yeah no i have to do that all the time when people on other podcasts ask me like oh who's your favorite whatever i always like okay i'm gonna look because i don't remember their names but i remember their faces yeah Okay, so okay, so the girl i use for inspo her instagram is fashionably served her name is Alyssa. And I don't know, her content's just, like, I feel, like, similar to the vibe that I want mine to be one day. So I use her for inspo a lot. Um, I also love um, Nitsam. What is her? Um, I know who you're talking Yeah, I know who you're talking about for that one. Nitsam. Nitsar. Oh, my God. Nitsam Racer. She's also, like, she's based in Toronto or lives in Toronto, actually. Um, her stuff is just so, like, magical like I don't know how to explain it she has her own presets that she's made and um they're very natural but I don't know they just they're so pretty for like her aesthetic um again I do use her for inspo another one is Delaney Childs and also um I don't know if it's Juju or just Juge I think it's just Juge um yeah Juge Havens again like her and her husband are just the cutest freaking people. They actually just bought a new dog. Um, their dog passed away, like, I think six months ago. Um, and they just bought another one. He's the cutest freaking thing. But she definitely is another one that keeps it real. Like, she talks about um, body positivity and, like, Instagram versus reality and stuff like that. Um, and also her style is freaking awesome. Um, yeah, there's, like, I, I feel like I don't follow like a specific aesthetic Mm -hmm. of when I'm looking for new people to follow I just like I'm very much a vibes person so if I like your vibes odds are I like you so I feel like that's like because I (laughs) I'm certainly like thinking of all the different accounts I just said and they're all very very different um but yeah so those are a few of my faves I guess (laughs) Awesome. And the last question I have for you today is where is one of your favorite locations you've shot at? Oh, that's fun. Okay, so I'm not going to give away my location because 
for yeah. me. <laughs> and I don't need anybody else there. Um, but definitely, I think, like, along Lakeshore, um, and Lakeshore is great as well because it, extend, it extends from, like, Toronto to Mississauga, like, Port Credit area, um, Oakville. So you can get so many different, um, I guess, like, backgrounds and stuff, but you're also by the water. Um, it's very much like my summer aesthetic. It's just outdoors, by the water, uh, surrounded by greenery, stuff like that. So if you are looking for a new location, like, I don't have anywhere specific, but mm-hmm. just along Lakeshore, like, literally everywhere. It's just beautiful. There's parks and, you know, shooting into the water kind of thing, stuff like that um, is really pretty and aesthetic. So yeah, if you're looking for a new location, definitely try out there. It's really nice amanda i'll have to take you there sometime yes please (laughs) yes i'm down i always need new locations i feel like i'm always taking pictures in the old port but like the old port of montreal is like every single like sec like place you look at is different but yeah i need a little mix it up a little well that's all i had for you today so thank you so much again for coming on the podcast before you leave Before you leave, do you want to shout out any of your socials again um, where people can find you? Yeah, so my Instagram is at Brooke Christina with two eyes. So it's Brooke, B-R-O-K-E, Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-I-N-A. Um, just for Christina, plane was taken. So I had <laughs> the extra I. Um, I also have TikTok, which I believe is just Brooke Christie, again, with the double I at the end. Um, my YouTube is Brooke Christina. I mean, I haven't uploaded on that in over a year, but I'm thinking of getting back into it. So I think you should. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> my main one is Instagram. I'm posting, you know, on stories, reels, feed pictures, stuff like that. So if you want to keep up with me, definitely check me out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really, really, really do hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got to learn more about Brooke or if you didn't know who she was, I hope you got to find another fellow micro-influencer to follow and support. So please, please, please go to her Instagram, follow her, leave a comment on her newest picture. Just show her some love and support. I would really appreciate that. And if you want to check me out, please don't be shy. You can follow me on Instagram either at BehindTheGirlBoss or at It's Amanda Wan. You can also check out my YouTube, It's Amanda Wan. I would love to see you there. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And if it by chance be Apple Podcasts, please, please, please leave a review. It would really, really help the podcast. So thank you guys so much once again, and I will hear you next time.